If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the One Cause Church podcast with Pastor Eric Holler. All right, let's take our Bibles and turn over to the book of Luke, chapter 1. I've just titled this message, Merry, M-A-R-Y, Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you. Luke chapter 1 opens us up with the story of Mary being visited by the angel Gabriel as you will turn your attention to the Bible on the wall. (laughs) Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. Anybody agree with that? He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit. Let's just pause and think on that one for just a moment. When you are faced with what seems to be insurmountable odds, don't forget the Holy Spirit. He knows the mind of God. He knows exactly what you need. He prays for you according to the will of God. And sometimes you just need to remember the Holy Spirit. How is this going to happen? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. We're going to learn some things today that we can take into our lives Three things, how to have a merry Christmas this year. Number one, no matter who you are, the Lord can use you. No matter what problems you face, the Lord is with you. And no matter what he has promised, the Lord will do it. Amen. Amen. No matter who you are, turn to your neighbor and tell him, no matter who you are, The Lord can use you. All right? Don't leave your other neighbor out. Tell them too. No matter who you are, the Lord can use you. All right? Now look, verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. 
No doubt, Mary is very special. Sometimes she's made too big a deal of, and sometimes she's made too little a deal of. You know, my dad always taught me, the truth is always right in the middle. (laughs) The truth is always in the middle. And she definitely is honor of our, our, our honor. She's, she's definitely worthy of honor from us to, uh, and respect of the kind of, you got to think about what she was facing here to receive this kind of news. How do you, as a, an engaged girl, I mean, she was more than likely in, the, in that culture during that time, they got engaged at a very young age. They were promised to at a very young age so that they would somewhat secure their virginity for the one who they would be married to. She was somewhere that, as young as 12 to 13 years old. <laughs> imagine that. Oh, my God. My, both of our daughters would be engaged right now. Can you imagine that? Yeah, I actually can't imagine that. Get them out of the house. <laughs> Home minus two teenage daughters. Merry Christmas to me. <laughs> That's a joke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yes, I know. Miss Velma said, you'll miss them. I know. Oh, who said that? Oh, well, okay, so here's the problem. Who is Mary? This is all we know is that she's, she's this young virgin who is engaged to be married. She's 12, 13, up to 16. Who knows? But she's young. So she's young. We do know this about her. She's also, at this time in her life, she's poor. She couldn't even afford to give the lamb sacrifice when her and Joseph went to make their sacrifice they had to bring two doves which you could do if you could not provide a lamb at this time in her life she also is from a little town (laughs) called Nazareth Nazareth apparently this town had quite a reputation and it didn't seem to be a very good reputation as Jesus has grown up and he is choosing his disciples, and he chooses Philip, and then Philip runs to a guy named Nathaniel and said, the one that Moses spoke of is here, Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Had the stigma about it. So she's, she's from a somewhat of a scourge of a little town. She's young. What's the deal? What's so special about Mary? Well, it seems to be that's how God finds people to use in obscure places from nothing of an upbringing. (laughs) She was a daughter of David. She did have that. But everything else about her was Pretty normal. I can relate to that somewhat. When I think of Nazareth, I think of Thackerville. Thackerville, Oklahoma, where the Windstar Casino is now. It wasn't there when we were there. It was just a little spot on the map. Still doesn't even have a stoplight downtown. Just a stop sign. But that little town was where I was raised until I was about 10 years old before we moved out to West Texas. And uh, my mother's here, so uh, great. i got to tell this story in front of her. (laughs) 
she, uh, she decided to help me out um, and get me some glasses when I was a kid. I had, uh, had, I had astigmatism in my right eye in about the third grade is when I noticed it. So she uh, took me down to the optometrist and got some glasses. And I was excited about them until I went to school. And then I wasn't excited about them anymore. Because, man, did those kids make fun of me. And not only was I the littlest kid, I mean, I was always the smallest kid up until, well, I didn't actually grow until I went to Bible college, but up through elementary, I was always the shortest kid in class. Shortest kid with the biggest pair of glasses. So a major target of ridicule. And uh, so I found myself roaming the, the, little Reese, the little schoolyard there in Thackerville looking for rocks because, man, could I see with those Hubble telescope kind of glasses. <laughs> My dad tried to help me out because I wasn't big enough to really fight anybody. So he just taught me, uh, well, just outwit them when they make fun of them. They call you four eyes, you tell them four eyes is better than half a brain, which got me beat up. <laughs> They just thought, oh, really? So that, that didn't really help. This particular Sunday, I was coming up for prayer, just kind of like we, what we did today. And I, I found myself coming up there every Sunday to get prayed for because I wanted my eyes healed and I did not want to wear those glasses anymore. I didn't want to draw that much attention to myself. This particular Sunday, I came up for prayer. It was a normal Sunday, every day, average, going through the motions, Pastor prays for me, and as I'm walking off, my mother says, Pastor, let's pray for Eric again. Now, in my head, I thought two prayers equals Miracle Sunday, twice as powerful as one. So I got excited. I'm like, yeah, until she followed that up with, I've been having nightmares about him dying. No, we were praying for my eyes. What? And so immediately I'm struck with fear because, you know, you hang on your parents' words as a kid. She's having these nightmares, I'm dying. Well, I'm probably near it. It scared me. And the pastor didn't comfort me anymore as he stood there and said, church, pray like you've never prayed before. You ever been in that kind of service? You know, you're like, you know, gripped with fear thinking, I hope to God everybody participates in this prayer. They, they, they need to understand my life is hanging in the balance here. My mother's dreaming I'm dying. It's just around the corner. And if everybody doesn't participate right, it might be over right here. So they all start praying for me. And I mean, in the Holy Ghost Church, they prayed. And they sprayed when they prayed. And they shouted when they prayed. And they had their hands all over me, just praying. And strangest thing happened. All that. I was used to, and yet still I had this, used to that kind of praying and all that, but it was, I was afraid. And all of a sudden I felt this touch on the top of my head. Like, I mean, everybody was, I mean, they were all praying, like, ah, you know. But I felt just this, boop, just right on top of my head. Different from everything else I was experiencing. And when it hit me, this warm, tingling rush just went through my body. And I thought... My spirit was now leaving my body. 
I thought, this is it. I did. It scared me so bad. It was the strangest sensation I've ever, never, ever had. And I opened my eyes, and my dad's standing in front of me praying for me. And I said, Dad! Thinking, like, help me! And then once I realized everything was okay, I looked at him and I said, I'm supposed to preach. Ten years old. And I knew at that moment something supernatural happened in my life. I can't explain all the events there. I just know that some God reached down into Thackerville, Oklahoma and touched a little nerdy boy's head and changed him. Just changed me. I was so affected by it that we went home. Y'all are going to get hungry here. And mom had made chicken fried steak, which was one of my favorite things to eat then. And in, and, and in my grandma and grandpa's garden, she, she had just got these red skin potatoes with a butter coating on them, fresh green beans out of the garden, a whole loaf of wonder bread at the table, and sweet iced tea. And we sat down at that table, and I'm looking at one of my favorite things to eat in the whole world, and the only thing I can think to do is not eat. I shouldn't be eating. Now, that's weird for a kid like me to think I shouldn't eat. I will say that has only happened one time in my life, and it was that day. And I'm so glad that that feeling's never come back. But <laughs> that day, it was different. I... It was so different. It, I, I just told my mom, I can't, I can't eat. I can't eat. I got to go read the Bible. I just felt God pulling on me. It was the strangest thing. All of a sudden, I felt this new connection, this new thing going on with God. I knew it was him. I just knew it was. So, of course, my mother's very concerned at this point, thinking, what did we do to this kid in church today? So I got up and I went to their bedroom. I remember going into their bedroom and I grabbed my dad's big King James Bible and I laid it open and I read all afternoon. And we had church that night and we're standing in this circle praying, small church, you know. And I opened my mouth and I start prophesying. I've never done anything like this. I don't know what's going on in my life. I just know that's different. It's like God just picked me out and said, okay. And from that day forward, I had to get used to this feeling because it scared me so bad for so long. I was afraid to go to church. I was, I was afraid to go to sleep. I just had to deal with all this. It was so emotionally overwhelming. And I felt like I couldn't relate to my friends. You know, I felt so alone and yet so special at the same time. That's only I can explain it. That's kind of what the call of God does to you. It, it isolates you and yet... It's preparing you and it pulls you in closer to God and there's just, it's hard to describe it. Not, not everybody has that kind of experience. Matter of fact, I don't even, I barely remember the day I gave my heart to Jesus because it was at a puppet show when I was five years old. I just remember that puppet convinced me I needed to change my ways and give my heart to Jesus. I don't remember the day I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. I felt like I came out of the womb speaking in tongues. I don't know. But that day I got called to preach, I knew something. It was a, it was a masterful moment for me. A day that 
changed my life. And I knew from that day forward that's what I'd be doing. And standing here today, how God could have accomplished what he did is only by his grace. And I want to say to all of you today, how God accomplishes what he does is by his grace. So it ain't by your effort. It's not by you being so special and, and having all the right kinds of things. You're, you cannot try to convince me, a little kid in southern Oklahoma, that your situation is out of reach. Are you hearing me? You are within his reach. And if you're within his reach, then you're within his love. And if you're in his love, then you're within his call. If you're within his call, then you're within his purpose. That's why you're here. Doesn't matter who you are, God can use you. Say that. Doesn't matter who I am, God can use me. Amen. Now watch. Let's continue. Are you okay? Now watch. No, now say this with me. No matter what problems I face, the Lord is with me. Now look, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't do, have not done what it takes to be pregnant? How can this be since I don't know a man? Number one problem that she's trying to deal with is that I know it takes two, <laughs> but, but you're telling me that it takes one. So how is this going to happen? She's engaged to be married. How is she going to make this make sense to Joe? Can you imagine men? Just, let's just put ourselves in in this position for just a moment and our little fiance walks up to us one day and says you might want to sit down for a second I needed how do I say this first I'm pregnant so and it's not a normal pregnancy but I'm still a virgin. You what? I know I'm pregnant, but I'm still a virgin. How? God, God made me pregnant. How can you even put the right words together for that? I'm pregnant of God. Oh, really? So I can't go hunt the guy down and beat him up because God is the man who did this to you. Matter of fact, the scripture teaches us that Joseph was ready to put her away. But then the angel came and visited him and told him, no, she's telling you the right story, man. So she's facing, she faced the possibility of rejection from Joseph and almost did. And even our own family. But now, how about the little small town? Anybody here from a small town? Does everybody know your business? Yeah, and you know all their business, whether you want to or not. When I was a kid, we used to listen in on my grandma's phone. They had party line. Y'all know what a party line is? We used to listen, listen to the old ladies talking across town. Somebody's on this phone. You better get off here right now. And we had to put our hand over the receiver and laugh and laugh and laugh. Matter of fact, I was just up at my grandmother's during uh, Thanksgiving. I took my kids over to her walk because she still has a roto dial phone. And they were going, 
how does that work? I said, well, it takes about half an hour to, to dial the number. So let's try it. So they're going, oh, this is terrible. This is a little part of life. But everybody knows everybody's business, right? So now she has to, she has to somewhat, you know, Joseph has to take her in and then she has to have this baby and she can't name him Joseph. I mean, that's the sensible thing to do because that's what they did with the oldest son. They named him his father's name, but they gave him a different name. So now this child's under this, this cloud of scrutiny, right? Now she's got to raise a child with people going, yeah, I wonder who the daddy is in that one, right? There's a lot of problems that she's facing. I mean, think about how young she is. This, this is not some mature woman that has the mind to, you know, try to calculate. This is a kid getting this news, and how is she going to deal with this? She's got these problems ahead of her. The Lord is with her. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. That's how this is going to happen. God is with you. Ladies and gentlemen, God is with you today. Yes. He is Emmanuel. That's one of yes. Jesus' name. It means God with us. Hallelujah. So whatever trouble you are at right now, you're looking at, you're facing. It doesn't matter. Say this with me. There's nothing in the world, nothing in the world. two people can't do as long as one of them is God and the other one is you. Now, you might have heard earlier this year about a little old lady, 92 years old. The story came out in August of this year. Her name is Pauline Jacoby. Pauline Jacoby had just finished putting her groceries in her car in the Walmart parking lot when a man jumped in the passenger side and had a gun and said, I will shoot you if you don't give me your money. And Pauline Jacoby looked over at him and said, no. Matter of fact, she said it three times, no. And the man just sat there and kept demanding it, and she would say no. And then finally she began to share her faith with him. And so she started telling him, listen to what she said, this is, and I quote, if you kill me, I'll go to heaven and you will go to hell. She said, Jesus is in this car and he goes with me everywhere I go. She had the understanding God plus me equals a majority apparently. Something about her words though penetrated this little thug's heart. And he just sat and listened to her, and his eyes welled up with tears. And she just told him about the love of God. And after him sitting, listening to her tell him about Jesus and how she's not going to give him money, he said, I think I'll go home and pray. And she said, you can pray anytime you want to. And at that, she took her last $10 out of her purse and voluntarily gave it to him. Tears rolling down his cheeks. He reached out and sheepishly took the money from her and leaned over and kissed her on the cheek and took off. You know what? There is no trouble in this world that is too great for someone who has God on their side. He is with you. Say that. He's with me.
Say it again. He is with me. He is with me. This is how this is going to happen, Mary. Now, I want you to look at something for a moment. He says, the power of the highest is going to overshadow you. The word power is a very familiar word to us here. We do a lot of word study, and it's the word dunamis. And it is the right now power to act. It's a miracle working supernatural power. But one of the definitions, and you can just look this up in your Strong's Concordance, is, listen to this, the power and influence which belong to riches and wealth. The power and influence which belong to riches and wealth. Now, isn't that interesting? He says, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and God's power is going to make this happen and God's going to bring the resources to make sure this gets accomplished. You little poor virgin on the backside of the desert, things are about to change for you because there's these guys called the Magi coming from the east and they are about to bless you with some treasure now. See, we, we have this traditional mentality that we don't get from the scripture concerning the whole nativity set that these three wise men showed up and these shepherds showed up and they were all there. The wise men didn't come to the nativity and They didn't come to the manger. Jesus was two years old before they got there. And think about this. That star was still there because it was the star that guided them. Shepherds came to see him in the manger. You can read that in Luke chapter 2. We'll look at that on the 23rd of December. But the magi, the wise men, they came later. They came when he was about two years old, and it made a long journey. But if we're not careful, we'll miss the whole power of this because we get it in our mentality that one guy showed up with like 50 cents, another guy had, you know, half a bottle of perfume from Claire's and, or wherever, and another, you know, had like a $1.75 worth of material here. Here you go, King Jesus, King of the world. We're here to inaugurate you. No, the scripture says that among their treasures was found gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There is the power of riches and wealth that has come to finance bringing the king of the world into the world. And it wasn't even just three of them. That's right. Scripture never tells us there were three of them. Said men came from the east. We don't know how many there were. But I guarantee you, if these men are royalty, as, they, as the Scripture teaches us, then they know how to inaugurate a king. Mm. God is with you. And with him is all the supply to accomplish what he wants you to accomplish. That's why Jesus said, hey, 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 seek first the kingdom. And his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. This stuff is taken care of. This is nothing for God. Don't focus on that. I love that, Brandon. Don't pursue the victory. Pursue the opportunity. That's so good. God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Let's look at this last thing. Let's say this together. No matter what he has promised, the Lord will do it. Look what, look what the angel said. For with God, nothing will be impossible. What that means is if God promises it, he possibles it. If he promises it, he possibles it. Amen. The moment he utters it, the possibility is there. 
Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 23 and verse 14, Joshua is dying. And he's saying his last few important words to the nation of Israel. In verse 14, it says, Behold this day, I am going the way of all the earth. That is, I'm going to my grave and I'm leaving. He says, And you know, listen to this, And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Wow. I'm here to remind you is what he's saying today. God said it and he did it. Everything that he told us that he would do, he did. Don't ever forget that because you're going you're to be tempted to when you come up into some new circumstances. You're going to be tempted to forget what God has done. And I'm here to remind you, if he said it, he will do it because he already said it and he already did it. So whatever he says from this day forward, you can bank on it. It will get done. Because it's not enough to know that God can. You need to know that God will. You need to know that he watches over his word to perform it. Not just to say, look what I can do. I'm God. I am so capable. Well, wonderful. That's wonderful. But he's more than capable. He is willing. That's what makes him so wonderful. That's what makes God so good. He loves us so much that he's willing to do what he says. That's why he gives. Why I promise us something, he's not willing to do it. Amen. He's willing. Now look over at Hebrews chapter 8. Now I'll finish with this. Look at this. Now this is Joshua who's talking to the children of Israel. They're under the old law, the old covenant. But now he, this is Jesus, Joshua the Messiah, Yeshua Hamashiach. That's fun to say. Try that. Yeshua Hamashiach. That means Joshua the Messiah. Yeshua. Joshua. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he, you almost could start speaking in tongues if you say that enough. Anyway, inasmuch as he is also, watch, a mediator of a what? Better covenant than what? Better covenant than what Joshua had. Better covenant than what, what, what Moses had. Better covenant than what Abraham had. Of a better covenant, which was established on what? Better promises. Well, how do you get a better promise than one that is fulfilled? How do you get better than that? That God kept all of his promises. He did everything that he said he was going to do. But yet we have a better covenant established on better promises. Because Jesus is the one that makes it better. Because that promise is secured by his very own blood that was poured out for all of us. Here's why it's better for us. Because all of our sins are washed away by his blood. Hallelujah. That is the ultimate promise for us. That we have a bold access, a free access to the living God. We've all been made a, what makes it a better promise is that it wasn't just now to the natural born citizens of Israel. It is to all who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that moment, the scripture teaches us that we all become circumcised of the heart. And we've been made a new creation in him. And all that was just for that nation of Israel at the time has now come open to all of us. Better promises, a better covenant established on better promises, ladies and gentlemen. If he did it before, he'll even more so do it now. He'll even more so do it now.
He's not just able. You have a God who is willing. Amen. All he needs from you is faith that it will happen. Faith that he is who he said he is. And you have what he says that you can have. No matter who you are, the Lord can use you. No matter what problems you face, the Lord is with you. No matter what he has promised, he will do it. Merry Christmas to you. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your amazing word. Thank you for Jesus. That you gave us the greatest gift in giving us the greatest treasure of heaven. The Lord Jesus who came, you demonstrated your own love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And by giving him to us, you chose us. You chose us. You chose us, therefore you can use us. Mm. Thank you, Lord, that greater is he that is in your people than he that is in the world. And if God be for us, who can be against us? There is no trouble that can compare to the greatness of our God. Nothing is too difficult for him. And we thank you, Father, that we can bank on your word. If you promised it, you will do it. If you're here today and you need a touch from God in your life, maybe you just need to change the way you think. That's what repent means, change the way you think. Change your mind. You're here today and you just need to say, you need to acknowledge where you are right now and say, I, I just need to, I need to be closer to God. I just know I need to be closer to him. I need you to pray for me, Pastor Eric. Are you here? Just slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, bless these whose hearts are turned toward you even now. Strengthen them with your grace. Let it be multiplied to them and your peace. Lord, bless everyone during this holiday season. God, I thank you that you use your people for your glory. That you be magnified and lifted up in these families, God. As they enjoy the festivities of what this season brings. That Jesus the giver of life, has brought the spirit of giving to us. And Lord, may it be abundant amongst your people, Lord, as they go to parties and do all kinds of things, even in their Christmas shopping, that they'll flow in the peace and the grace of God. Thank you, Father God, that you've equipped us with your word to be ministers for your glory. Thank you for the gospel that it saves men's lives. God, help us to seize those opportunities when it comes, God, to to share your beautiful message that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. And whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We want to invite you to join us in service Sundays at 9.30 or 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to onecausechurch.com for locations and events. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at One Cause Church.